for us here, and let's hope it matches week three as far as the daily fantasy goodness goes, because that was a rather profitable week. In my case, I cashed in all seven of my FanDuel contests and all five on DraftKings, and I'm looking forward to this week as plenty of value plays are out there once again. I don't expect it to be quite as insane as the scoring in week three, but there's plenty to be excited about. So let's get started with the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast with picks for week four in the NFL. I'll be going solo tonight as Matt's having some connection problems, but this is Tom Gallon with you. And first and foremost, let's start at quarterback, where once again, I think Aaron Rodgers is in a great spot playing at San Francisco, where the 49ers will have a miserable time trying to stop him. And of course, there's always that motivational factor that the 49ers were the team that did not draft him back in 2005 as the number one selection. He will be looking for a little revenge just like he did on Monday night against Kansas City and Alex Smith. Also looking at Russell Wilson as a possible quarterback play. He'll be in the Monday night game. I always like to have guys on Monday night. Detroit at home. The crowd will be pumped up. Look for the Seattle Seahawks to get a big win. And I think because Lynch is definitely not quite right just yet, he may or may not play that game. I think that's an opportunity for Russell Wilson to throw the ball a little bit more, maybe even use his legs a little bit more. And he'll be my secondary quarterback in most of my plays. As far as a cheap quarterback goes, I really like Blake Bortles for Jacksonville as they play at Indianapolis. He'll probably be playing from behind most of the game. Regardless, he's got some good weapons there to throw to. I really like Alan Hearns this week. He'll be covered a little bit as one of the cheap options for the receivers. Moving on to running back, quite a few guys, most of them very much value plays this week. I'll start with the one that's probably not, and that is Matt Forte for the Chicago Bears going up against the Raiders, and I think he's going to be a focus of that offense, especially if the backup quarterback is playing instead of Cutler, which is probably the case. So look for Forte and his salary which is generally toward the top end of the running backs, to be well worth it. I love that he catches balls out of the backfield. That's why he's my number one choice as far as the high price running backs go for this week. Also like his counterpart on the other side, Latavius Murray for Oakland. I think he's really starting to come into his own. The Bears defense isn't going to be any better without Jared Allen as they traded him this week. So I look for Murray to have a good game. In Dallas, I still can't believe that they did not continue to run the ball last week. I think if the coaches watch the same film that I saw, they'll certainly know that they need to stick with the run. That gives a great opportunity for Joseph Randall to have another big game. Frank Gore, I think, will have another quality outing there for Indianapolis and comes at a very cheap price. But probably the play of the week as far as cheap guys goes is going to be Carlos Williams for the Buffalo Bills. Now, granted, he's going to be heavily owned because a lot of people are on to this. LaShawn McCoy is definitely out. Carlos Williams is showing great promise as a rookie. I think he's going to get a ton of opportunities and at 3400 on DraftKings he's going to be one of the guys that everybody has so that they can fill in the rest of the roster generally I'd say hey steer clear of that when you're playing in the guaranteed prize pool contest I'm going with him because he gives you so much opportunity elsewhere to go with the more elite players so I do love Carlos Williams as the greatest value on the board for week four moving on to receivers now I just mentioned earlier Blake Bortles I really like Alan Hearns the second receiver for Jacksonville over Allen Robinson because A, the price, and B, the matchup. He likely won't have to play against Vontae Davis much during that game. So Allen Hearns, you could match him up with Blake Bortles, and that would free up so much salary for the rest of the way. If you wanted to go with some of the big names like a Julio Jones, A.J. Green, those kind of guys, you could definitely do it with those two in your lineup to start off. 
Speaking of A.J. Green, playing at home against Kansas City. Now, you know, the numbers he put up last week were just incredible. Don't expect that. But he definitely is still priced a little bit below the elite guys like Julio Jones and can put up those kind of numbers. I would expect him to have another good game, well worth the price. 7800 on DraftKings, 8400 on FanDuel right now. Another one I like, match him up with Aaron Rodgers this week. I lean a little more towards James Jones. Another guy who's coming back to the Bay Area where he's from. I think he's already a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers. And Devontae Adams has been wearing a boot most of the week on his ankle. So chances are he won't play. I think that gives more looks to James Jones as the Green Bay Packers will likely lay it to the San Francisco 49ers. Now weather's a big concern in Washington. We don't know about the storm situation. But I do like Philadelphia's Nelson Aguilar as a receiver to go with there as he's finally getting a good matchup relatively cheap on the price certainly the ball will be in the air as we all know from watching Philadelphia so look for Aguilar to have his first really big game a couple more on the cheaper end Robert Woods I love for the Buffalo Bills playing the Giants at home as Sammy Watkins is officially out for this week giving Woods a great opportunity to get more looks he and Percy Harvin will be the likely starting tandem at wide receiver I like Woods to get a lot of the underneath patterns So that'll give him some great looks. Big opportunity against a generally weak New York Giants defense. Dante Moncrief, I think he's coming into his own as well. It's pretty obvious that things are not working out with Andre Johnson for the Indianapolis Colts. So I look for Moncrief to continue his upswing and have a big game at a relatively cheap price against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also like both the receivers for Oakland, you can go with Crabtree. Michael Crabtree is one of your cheaper options. He gets a lot of targets. And then if you want to, if you can afford it, which in most cases you will be able to, you can bump up to Amari Cooper, who is showing signs that he may be the rookie of the year offensively in the National Football League. A couple others I like, of course, I mean, Julio Jones has put up phenomenal numbers. Now, can he do it every week? Probably not, but he's pretty safe any week. So you'll be able to work him in your lineup if you want. I think a little bit of a low own play will actually be Odell Beckham Jr. going against Buffalo because you're not hearing a lot of talk about him because of all the stats that got put up last week by guys like Julio Jones, A.J. Green. So keep him in mind. And then, of course, there's always Randall Cobb, bound to put up some decent numbers, as I expect probably at least a three to four touchdown day for Aaron Rodgers and plenty of yardage to go with that. Cobb and James Jones certainly will be a big part of that mix. Now, on the tight end, and this is where I think it's going to be a little bit interesting. I think this is one of the best weeks for value plays. Obviously, there's no Gronk as the New England Patriots are on a bye. And we've got a couple opportunities that I think are guys that could have Gronk type of numbers without paying the Gronk type of price. First one is Greg Olson, of course, for Carolina. Injuries to the running game mean he'll probably get a lot of looks as kind of the short option that Cam Newton can go to. He had a big week last week. As a general rule of thumb, I don't like to follow up big weeks, but there's not a lot you can do. There were so many guys that had big weeks. You're going to have to have some of those guys in your lineup because they're just good players. So Greg Olson is probably my number one tight end. He's a little more expensive. I love Charles Clay as well because, again, the running game has been kind of hindered in Buffalo with LaShawn McCoy out. It's pretty obvious that Tyrod Taylor likes Charles Clay. He looks to him a lot. I think he'll get a lot of opportunities. He's only 3,300 on DraftKings. Great deal there. Now, there's a lot of talk about the Raiders and how they can't defend the tight end, which is 100% true. So Martellus Bennett, I'm sure, is on a lot of people's minds. Problem is, Jimmy Clausen threw for a whopping 63 yards total last week. So I don't go into this one with as much confidence in Bennett. I think a lot of people will be on to him. 
If for some reason we end up hearing that Cutler's playing, that might be a different story. But realistically, I just can't imagine that Bennett's going to live up to the price against the Raiders, given the quarterback situation there in Chicago. So he's on my list, but I don't think I'll have him more than a couple lineups throughout my GPP plays. And the last one I would look at, like I said, I always like to have Monday night guys. Jimmy Graham, if Lynch doesn't play, and if Lynch is even banged up, which is pretty obvious he is, I think is a solid play. Price has come down a little bit, not as much as I'd like. He's probably about $1,000 more on DraftKings than I'd really like. He's 6000 there. But it's a good option to have a guy like that in Monday night. Probably get a lot of targets as they get in the red zone. So Jimmy Graham is my final choice at the tight end position. Moving on to the defenses. I really like Seattle again on Monday night. Playing against Detroit. That home crowd will be fired up for a Monday night game. And I really believe that the Detroit Lions are in big trouble. Things are not going well. They're 0-3. It's not that difficult to get Matthew Stafford rattled, and I think the Seattle Seahawks could do just that. Plus, with Lockett as a return man, he could always run one back himself, just like he did last week. So you're not really depending on the defense. you got some special teams play that can really help with the Seattle Seahawks. Also like the Cardinals at home against St. Louis. I'm starting to lose faith in Nick Foles there. So the Cardinals, they've been dominant all year. Probably more of a low-scoring game this week. But they can put a lot of pressure on Foles, probably get a lot of sacks, and that can lead to a lot of points. Also have a good return man in David Johnson. A couple more that I'm looking at on the defensive end. Now, the Eagles, I like the opportunity there. There's some talk that maybe this game won't get played because of the possible hurricane. So far, what I've seen is that's unlikely to hit the area, so I think they will play this. Now, the weather's going to be crazy, and if it is, that might be more reason to go with the Eagles as they've got a great return man themselves and Darren Sproles. And if the wind is really bad, that could be an opportunity for some picks. So I do like the Philadelphia Eagles. And the final one I'll take is the Green Bay Packers playing the Niners because I think we all saw that the 49ers offense is not good. Colin Kaepernick got harassed last week. And even when he wasn't getting harassed, he was making some terrible throws. Granted, I can't imagine they'll be that bad. But I do think that this Packers defense is opportunistic. They will cause some problems. And if they can stop the running game of Carlos Hyde, that puts the game squarely on the shoulders of Colin Kaepernick. And I think he's already shown that doesn't necessarily work out very well. So that's the quick rundown of all the main people that I'm looking at. Guys, you should consider for your lineups. We had a great week last week. We're really looking forward to this week. Now it's time for the tip of the week and I'm going to pass along my favorite contest to play and why and those are the Thursday night GPPs on sites that allow the late swaps so in my case since I like to play the single entry tournaments my choice is DraftKings and the reason I go with these Thursday night contests is because you get a lot of inexperienced players who load up on guys in the Thursday night games and that's usually a recipe for disaster as most of the time Thursday night games are a little bit sloppy on the offenses because of the limited preparation time. This past week, Thursday night game, Pittsburgh-Baltimore is kind of a good example. Now, there are certainly a few guys worth taking. There's Le'Veon Bell and Steve Smith, who unfortunately got hurt, so his stats weren't really up to par. The fact is, about 10 to 20% of the entrants in the two contests that I played in went for those guys and then others as well who did not deliver. So now, in a contest that pays out to a little over 20% of the pool, probably a good 10% or more has already shot themselves in the foot and realistically have no chance. So now you've just got to finish in the top 30 to 35% of the remaining entrants. And I guarantee the guy that's in first place currently in the $9 button hook is not going to be anywhere near the top when all is said and done. I doubt he even cashes. He has one receiver slot left 
after using eight of his nine players on Thursday. So he can enjoy that 32-point lead until about halftime of the morning games on Sunday. The key to cashing these tournaments is to go very light on Thursday players, if at all, and concentrate on the Sunday-Monday slate instead. And I'll always make sure to have at least one Monday night player. Last week, I was in 560th place heading into Monday in the $27 Thursday night blindside contest, and I finished 24th for a decent $100 cash. And a friend of mine moved from number 360 all the way up to number 5 with a $400 payoff. We were both heavy on Rogers and Cobb, which paid off hugely, but he avoided the disastrous goose egg of Vernon Davis, which is what kept me from finishing in the top 10. But there's a great tip. Play those Thursday night contests, the GPPs, but don't waste your time with a bunch of Thursday night players. And I always try to have at least one Monday night player in my lineup so that you go into Monday night knowing you have a shot to improve in the standings. Otherwise, you either stay put or fall back. More often than not, people are going to catch you on Monday night. And we'll be sure to get Matt's picks posted a little later at dailyfantasydudes.com, so check out the website for more insight into week four. Tune in next week, and we'll once again be back with our normal Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. Matt should be back, and we'll talk to you then. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite provider. And if you do use iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review of the show. We love the feedback, and it helps us move up the podcast rankings. And don't forget to check us out at dailyfantasydudes.com for more news and tips each week. We'll have some of our final lineups posted there Sunday morning, about 30 to 45 minutes before the early games kick off, along with any late-breaking news and value picks. Hey dudes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter under at UFantasyDude. I'll always have links to the podcast and my Fantasy Hub blog articles posted there as soon as they become available, plus tips and more info throughout the week. And remember, when it comes to Daily Fantasy, Have fun, win money, don't be ridiculous. (laughs) 